motherfuckers we're fucking back this is the one year anniversary fucking show we're moving into season fucking two thank you everyone for listening but we got some great fucking people we got first we're going to introduce the guest today his name is a rock or something also known as aka fucking animal mother chris how you doing not too bad how are you uh, uh, you know, just hoping for uh, hoping for a nuclear war. We'll see what happens. I, I'm ready. I'm ready for Fallout. You ever played Fallout? I'm ready. For, I'm ready for Fallout to happen. Oh, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> Everyone, start buying toilet paper. Fuck canned goods and uh, and, and, and pasta and, and pasta and pasta. And speaking of uh, uh, people ready to go to war, we have a great man, Mr. Harley Baker. How are you? Why, hello there. Speaking about war, did you know that Darth Vader's theme song, the uh, the Imperial March, is 104 beats per minute? Right. It's perfect tune to hum whilst you do CPR. It sounds. I, I I would like to do like <laughs> I would like to have sex to that song. We'll see. All right. But we got the the legend himself, the fucking the warrior monk, the wisest man we know, Mister Rob Fortune. Hey, how are you, Jomo? Um, let's see. I, I I will find out the sex of my future baby. Hopefully, it's a boy. If Ooh. not, oh, roll. <clears throat> oh no, I'm I'm not. It's the we're, the results are not ready. The results are not ready. We we don't know yet. We haven't been tested that, but we do know that the baby is normal so far. Yay! So, so, so um, yeah. I don't. I don't. I'm surprised because how fucked up I am, but all right. <laughs> You're going to be a daddy. But even better, we have the man, the myth, the legend. He also has HPV. Mr. Jack Falcon, how are you? There it is. This is like a more expensive beer today. This is a sour. Ooh. Ooh, you this went is a blackberry out. sour. Yeah. Well, I debated was I gonna do uh, uh, what's that green beer with a horse on it? Rolling Rock. Rolling Rock. Oh, yeah, Rolling Rock. Was I gonna drink Rolling Rock or this? And uh, I decided to go with with this. You yeah. treated yourself for a year. <laughs> mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah. Um. So an eighteen pack of Rolling Rock right now is like nine ninety nine. You can't beat it. Oh, Jim, I was gonna ask you. You said you want to have sex to the Imperial March. Like, did you mean? to the beat or just have the song playing in the background no the i want john williams and the whole symphony <laughs> in the back <laughs> and, okay. and he'll be, like he'll be pumping to it yeah and i want like the operating room like you know how they have an open or and people are watching and like and i'm flexing like this dude from american psycho like dun, 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 dun. all you need to do is go to amsterdam and go to a live sex search sex show then because you've been there have you been to one i haven't been to one no but i know that it happens so i don't know if i'm gonna go did i talk about the um the um all you can eat corned beef buffet at the uh local strip club last time you 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 sure did Did i bring it up okay yeah okay that's it we all know about it (laughs) 
<laughs> what the fuck was he was like we did okay well, we're gonna we're gonna go to the thing i asked him if he'd been to the the sex show i'm you guys know that my go, one of my goals in life was to go to a all-you-can-eat buffet at a uh a strip club. There, this has been a question I've been so, wanting to ask you for years since I've known you. Is so. why the fuck are you so goddamn cheap about just about fucking everything <laughs> in life? You mean about the buffet or no? That's just an experience. No, if, if that's you, not a money thing. That's an experience. If you could sell your, your parts of your body without you know without repercussions, I think you would just so you could have more money. Like I don't Honestly, understand why if you're I could so sell chill. my steam in every day. I would do that. <clears throat> you can. Yeah. yeah, I mean every day. Yeah, I gotta find a place that'll take it every day. All you need to do is do a Belle Delphine and just sell <laughs> sell your bath water or something guys. like that. No. It might that's do. A, if, it, it might do if you pitch it correctly. Oh yeah. I think yeah. in order for your semen samples to be like profitable or whatever, <laughs> you have to do it with no lube or anything. So I think you'd get blisters on your dick like within like a week of that. Be like I have to practice on. like that guy who just stands there and just gets a boner mentally and then just blows a load on like people in the crowd without oh, touching yes. his dick ever. That's skill. Yes. That's the guy I strive to be. That's yeah. skill. That is, how, much, that how, is much you, how much do you think you sell semen for? Like a hundred bucks or something? I don't know, but it's like a Gallagher show if you think about it. You're paying for some yeah, fun, for some hilarity, you know? <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, you got to wear a, a, a poncho in the front in the front row. <laughs> I only do it if I have Protect to wear your eyes. If I can the get Gallagher show is like a watermelon. I mean, how much semen is really coming out? Um, if if you're a porn star, then you're shooting like fucking massive ropes. So yeah, but even massive ropes. I mean, think about that compared to like a juiced watermelon. It's still not much. <laughs> Could you imagine some dude with like fucking gushed like shit out, and girls are just like Jesus Christ. Like, uh, uh, like scary movie, she gets like stuck to the ceiling. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the dude's like, oh, oh yeah, nice. <laughs> and his whole body drains out. It's that's hilarious. Yeah, that's what would happen. Yeah. So we, you know, <clears throat> the great thing is we listen to the Big Bad Four, which is still the big. It's you know the Big Four is just the worst thrash albums that they ever put out. Oh, before we say <clears throat> these are their lowest rated, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. We're not saying these are their worst. We're going to talk about them in a minute. But these are their pretty much their lowest rated albums of the the Big Four's career, which is Anthrax, Metallica, Megadeth, and uh, Slayer. We went through hell so you didn't have to. So thank us later. (laughs) You can can thank us by going to patreon.com slash the bro. Nice. Uh, Plug, plug, yes. (laughs) Think think us that way, uh, patreon.com. Uh, backslash the Bronissance. Backslash the Bronissance. And you can mm-hmm. ma- you may continue. My apologies. <laughs> uh, uh, me? That was it. That's all I was going to say. That's all you Okay. So, what? which one are we diving into first? Because this is, well, this, that, this okay. is difficult. So I have this queued up on a random wheel if we want to do that, unless there's something people want to specifically talk about. <sighs> I, don't, I don't know. Random. I, random? We're doing random? Okay. Random real. Random. random. Oh, oh, fuck. Random. Oh, we, See, we, I told Jomo. See, Jomo, please. Oh, Almost get the moment oh, right for the rest right. of the oh, oh. All right, all right. All right, ready? I'm spinning the wheel. Yeah. Spin it. Right, you spin meet it. spin right around. All right, baby, we started right. on. We're starting on Anthrax. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> okay. 
So as always, um, this information and the blurb and stuff comes from Wikipedia for the most part. Um, I also will be reading. So the list that I looked at when I got these were from Loudwire. I'll read the write-up. It's just like a couple sentences. And then I've also watched uh, some of these key points on these bands behind the music. Unfortunately, Slayer does not have a behind the music. They don't need a behind uh, the so music. I didn't get the way. Yeah, they, they, they've never uh, gone off course. They don't need it. Um, <laughs> so we're going to talk about Anthrax first, uh, Volume 8. So Volume 8, The Threat is Real, is a 14-track record released in 1998, coming in just under 64 minutes long. It's the band's eighth studio album and debuted at number 118 on the Billboard 200 chart. Volume 8 is the third album featuring frontman John Bush, who would remain with the band until 2005. Pantera members Phil Anselmo and Dimebag Daryl contributed backing vocals and guitar solos on Killing Box, Inside Out, and Born Again Idiot. Pieces, the hidden track at the end of the album, was written and sung by bassist Frank Bello as a tribute to his brother Anthony, who was murdered outside his girlfriend's home in the Bronx on March 25, 1996, an unidentified assailant. Scott Ian has said, I'm still proud of the songs we wrote for Volume 8. They were really diverse and heavy, uh, modern sounding with a crushing metal groove. 1998 is the year new new metal took over, but we weren't, we were definitely not a part of that scene. So getting anyone to support us was proving difficult. Also, the label they were on for Volume 8, I believe went under, they went bankrupt. And uh, 442 or Stomp 442, whatever the previous one was, sold so poorly uh, that they were cut from that label. So this was a new label, Ignition, and then that one, I think, went under. So at this point, they were like in really bad shape. So this is what Loudwire has to say about this. Uh, Recorded during an emotional all-time low for Anthrax shortly after their separation from Elektra Records, Volume 8, The Threat is Real, was not written excuse me, was not without its moments, but this was clearly a band in crisis, too far removed from their thrashing origins to turn back, no longer confident about their ability to evolve. So instead of sinking or swimming, Anthrax treaded just enough water to make it out of the 90s alive. Singles from this album, Inside Out, Crush, Piss and Vinegar, and Born Again Idiot. Uh, Who would like to talk about Volume 8 first? Chris, 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 Dicks, 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 penis, penis. Okay. All right, settle down now, folks. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I didn't like it. I like Anthrax. I am a fan. I've seen them a few times. They they put on a great show. I like a lot of their music. I just, I never heard this album before. I never got this one. But um, I just wasn't a fan. It was uh, it was well made. I thought it sounded good. There's a couple good songs on there too. Uh, like Harm's Way, I liked a lot. I thought the slide guitar in there was really cool. I don't know who was playing that. I actually didn't know they had any guests on here until uh, you mentioned that the other day. But uh, yeah, the the guitar work is pretty good. I feel like uh, <clears throat> vocally, it just there wasn't a whole lot of content. It just felt I don't know. Just like radio play music. Um, piss and vinegar is uh, is weird. Um, I got a lot of uh, a lot of SNL, uh, Christopher Walken cowbell yeah, feels yeah. in that one. I don't know what the fuck was going on with Cup of Joe. Um, well, Alpha Cup male is terrible. Six oh four as well, which are like random thirty second fucking yeah. hardcore songs or whatever. I mean, it wasn't bad. I mean, it, it it's definitely passable. I, like I said, Harm's Way is good. That one made it onto my sound, my playlist. I, I I dig that. But honestly, yeah. I mean, I don't like Metallica to begin with. Reload was terrible. But I would put this just above that on this lo- list. 
So another person who played guitar on here was um, one of the, the, there's a guy, I can't remember his name right now, but he toured with uh, Anthrax through the whole 90s. He was never an official <clears throat> member of the band. And he played the guitar solo on the last song, which is Stealing from a Thief. Fucking best solo on the album easily. Um, I wasn't really impressed with either of Dimebag's uh, solos on this album. Um, the, the second one, which was, um, uh, what are the two songs he played on? The second one, which was... Uh, Born Again or Inside Out, Born Again Idiot, whatever the second one is in the list here was better than the first one, Born Again Idiot, I think. Um, but still, I didn't love either of them, but they are very dime bag. Um, but yeah, the last one, Stealing from a Thief, that guitar solo is absolutely beautiful. It's amazing. Um, so 604 is, I think, is as ridiculous as it is. I think it actually breaks the CD up pretty well. Um, it's one of the best parts of this album. It sounds kind of like older Anthrax. And uh, there's a song in here, Catharsis, which is the second song. And I have no clue how that wasn't a single on this album. That's one of the best songs on it. Uh, Hayden, what do you think of this record? Um, so, yeah, look, I, I, um, I think this was my second favorite from the four. Um, I think uh, it's it's a close fifty-fifty with Megadeth. Let me just tell you that. Um, when I heard Inside Out, uh, I think I remember sort of messaging you guys, and I'd said, "Oh my god, the 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 riffing to that was just incredible." Um, but apart from that, yeah, there, there's there's a couple of good solos uh, within the within the album itself. Um, but like you've raised before, um, most of them are literal dog shit, um, <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know why they do it. Because obviously, Anthrax are still, you know, quite a big band, always has been. Um, but I don't know why, um, I, I don't know why I just didn't really get behind the the album. Really, um, six oh four was. I think, you know, the the little instrumental that they had in there, they should have put that, you know, most of the way down, probably after Born Again, Idiot and Killing Box. Um, to be honest as well, when I was listening to this, um, I didn't realise that I had listened to it so quickly because um, there, was, there was at one point where I, I thought I was on, you know, the start of the album and then realised halfway through, I was like, ah, actually i'm three quarters of the way through now um so it flows well don't get me wrong um i just don't know if i fully enjoyed um fully enjoyed the the, the tracks really there's a, there's a bunch of songs in this record that do completely nothing for me absolutely nothing for me um also um i think the guitar i hate the guitar tone in a lot of these songs and another thing is there's a lot of parts where they play something lower um like open notes or whatever and i really think that it would have helped them out if they uh, down tune their guitars so on the slayer album they down tune to like c sharp um and i think that at least dropping down to d uh would have helped them out here it just it doesn't sound like it really has all that much balls that i think that they were going for um also the bass needs to get cranked always always bass needs to get cranked uh get cranked up more but so one of the things there's people who love this era of anthrax, the John Bush era. Um, and then there's the people who love the Joey Belladonna uh, era. And um, I think that that era is better and stronger and more um, memorable. There's a, a lot of the things on here are not, in my opinion, not all that memorable. This, this record for me out of the four is dead last. It's four. Um, I listened to it five, six, seven times. And even though I eased up to it, I don't know. I just like, don't really care about this album. Rob, what do you think of this record? 
Um, it's funny that they consider themselves not a part of the the new metal movement because I thought Crush had like new metal vibes. Uh, mm. The two is like it was like basic riffing. Uh, I needed more there. I needed a uh, key change. I needed more riffs. I needed. Uh, it was you know it, it was okay. It was kind of monotone. Um, Catharsis was my favorite song of of them. I think John Bush is my favorite on, out of these four uh, albums. Uh, John Bush is my favorite singer of the four. Uh, Inside Out, I got some Pantera, Alice in Chains vibes. I don't know. I like a lot of these albums have a, a chocolate cake and potato frosting uh, vibe to me. Like they don't they don't feel like an album. They feel like a compilation of of ten bands or something. Like I get a new metal vibe and then like a crunchy grungy punk vibe and then like uh you know 604 you got a, a hardcore punk vibe and then there's this car crash into toast to the extras it's like you got a fucking <laughs> classic country song in the middle of it i'm like god fucking damn it i, I, I that fucking transition like i, I might have rage turned it off at that point um <laughs> yeah. i don't know i thought a lot of the riff riffing was uh basic and uninspired uh I, for me, this album is the third. It's near the bottom for me. Uh, I didn't like it very much, and that's it for now. There's a harmonica on Toast of the Extras that I liked, but uh, other than that, uh, I don't really know what to do with that song. And that song is about what? He's like toasting to extras in a movie. Um, I think that's what he's talking about. Uh, like they pad out the world or whatever, but they're not like anything big and important. I think that's kind of like what he's talking about. Um, what else do I want to say about this? Like, yeah, the guitar playing, we don't get those riffs. Like we were getting in the eighties, like the riffs are more like chord based riffs instead of like note based riffs. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got cup of Joe, which is the song. First of all, cup of Joe plays twice. I think they could have just gotten got the point across playing at one time. Um, and then, um, oh, there's a song in here, Alpha Male, where he says, um, fuck, what is the line in the verse? I can't remember, but it's so annoying. I, I hate the verse of the song because of it. Pecking order, I think that's what he says, but he says it like 50 times. Um, guitar in that song is okay, but I, I can't stand the verse of it. Um, oh, let me, one thing, I, okay, one thing I also want to talk about here is the artwork on these. We don't talk about the artwork too often, even though I drop it in, but I want to show you. So this artwork is kind of boring or whatever, but yeah. the zoomed out artwork of this, like, look at how great this is. They drew them down in the bottom in like caricatures. Well, not, well, it's like realistic, but not really realistic. I guess caricature is a little too far off, but I think that that poster is fucking awesome. I love Scott Ian. And I, I want to say the best things, you know, ever about Anthrax. Uh, when we talked about the big four, Anthrax was our favorite of the four. Um, but I don't know. It's just I don't really care about the John Bush era. There are good parts of it. But I, I much prefer that 80s um, Anthrax over this stuff. And I know a lot of people do like this. Um, this is their era that they like. But I'm checked out on it. Uh, Jomo, what do you think of this record? Mm. I've been waiting. Uh, this the level of disappointment cannot be fucking higher. First of all, the zoom, the zoomed out artwork is still terrible. The zoomed in artwork is what? atrocious. I'd rather, I'd yeah, rather, bad. I'd rather commit clitoral circumcision on kids in Afghanistan than fucking do this oh, shit. Fuck is wrong with you? I I thought I hated Reload, but this was the worst album I listened yeah. to all fucking it's week dark. long. John Bush is such a shitty singer, and I blame him for He's this. He's not a shitty singer. But shut up, shut up, and let me fucking finish. He is a shitty singer, and I blame right. him for this album and for 9-11, okay? This, al <laughs> this album has terrible fucking songs. I listen to Piss and Vinegar, Toast of the Extras. 
Killing Box, fucking Among, all these songs are fucking terrible. This is the worst fucking album of this week. And I say it's the worst because I expect shit from Metallica. And this was... This, this just made me want to commit seppuku. Where's my knife? Where's my fucking knife? I, Jomo, so you're telling me that this has caused the Ukraine war as well? This caused... This is the sole reason why Putin invaded. He went mad after he listened to Volume 8. He said, just send him the troops... Send the nukes, get them, prime the nukes ready. We're ready. Go kill them all. Why? Why, Vladimir? Because I listened to volume eight. <laughs> God. And unfortunately, people are dying because of this. But Pete, John Bush, we blame you for this war. That's all I have to say. It's fucking terrible. When I was trying to write up stuff about the songs, you know, the parts that I liked about them, when I got the hogtied and big fat, I have literally nothing to say. Like, there's almost, I don't know, I'm listening to the song. And like, I have nothing to say about either of these. And the song after that, Cup of Joe, and as ridiculous as it is, as ridiculous as it is, it has more, it's more memorable and it has more charm than both of those songs put together. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say about this. I'll probably never listen to it again. I know Anthrax was going through a shitty time at this point. And, you know, if you're into, like I was saying, if you're into the more um, 80s type thrash, <clears throat> this is definitely harder rock metal. And even though he said, like, like Rob said, even though he said we weren't part of like the new metal thing, I think he didn't understand. I think what he, because he said, there's a part I took out because I didn't think it mattered, but he said we were the old metal scene. And so I don't know if he meant that he thought that they meant like the new type of metal or actually new metal, like NU metal, like that. We all know what that is. So, shit. Um, well, whatever. I mean, isn't uh, System of a Down under a new metal? Yeah, but the early stuff. The early stuff. Yes. I was gonna say that Cup of Joe reminded me of them briefly for a minute. Yeah, the song's ridiculous. So yeah, I mean, I can see that. Like, uh, fuck, what was the song? The first song of Steal This Album, the one about pizza. But, yeah, I mean, I can yeah. see the Cup of Joe song kind of reminding you of that. Um. But I don't know. Like I was saying, Catharsis, probably, the, I don't know how it was in single, probably the best song in this album, like Rob was saying also. Um, I don't know. I hate to say anything negative because I love Scott Ian, but it's like, fuck this album. I don't give a shit about this record. Yeah. Um, okay, let's read some YouTube comments and we'll, we'll move on. <clears throat> First, this guy says, this album was to Anthrax what Creatures of the Night was to Kiss, a magnificent work of music created at a band's lowest career point and was therefore ignored by audiences of the time. Yeah. Uh, John Bush completely helped reinvent Anthrax. I'm sure uh, the diehard fans will always back Joey, and I get that, but let's not discredit what Bush did for the band. I mean, yeah, he gave them a whole second era. That We listened to The Sound of White Noise. I don't think we listened to the one after that. Sound of White Noise is fine, but... I still prefer all the other ones uh, before that. Next person says, this to me was a great Anthrax album. Sound of White Noise was great, uh, but hard to follow up, I imagine. Next person said, the voice of John Bush is a weapon. Uh, John Bush's voice in Hogtide is actually pretty strong. He does have a good voice, like Rob was saying. It's probably the best out of everyone. Um, and then uh, lastly, this person says, this is one of my all-time favorite albums and my favorite Anthrax album. What do you think about that, Jomo? Uh, you know, I... Just by saying that made me want to commit mass genocide. Um, uh, I thought you would say that. I, I'm just who, who? Who is this person? They should go to a camp so they can concentrate. <laughs> is, it, is this a bot? Is this a person real? Do you it, have like organs in your body, or is everything metal? It's fu it's fucking fake, bro. How dare they say that it's shit? Fake. This is this was Anthrax's worst fucking album of all time. That's all I have to say. It, it, it's a it's a Russian bot. Thing, 
I refuse to listen to it's that Russian album. I, I agree, it's probably a Russian pop, but we ha- I don't think we've listened to the album before this, and that one like legitimately bombed hard. <laughs> uh, this one bombed for like other reasons. Like I said, like the uh, the uh, record label went under like when it was coming out. Um, okay, is there anything else anyone would like to say about this record? No. No. Okay. We ready to spin the wheel? Meat no. spin, meat spin, spin meat spin. Go on, meat spin. spin. Yeah, and meat we're going, spin. we're going. Meat spin, meat All right. spin. We we landed on Megadeth. Uh. <laughs> okay, ready? <laughs> Risk is a 12-track record released in 1999, coming in just over 51 minutes long. It's the band's eighth studio album, the first to feature Jimmy DeGrasso on drums after after the firing of Nick Menza in 1998, and the final to feature Marty <clears throat> Friedman on guitar. The title stems from a comment by who? By whom, Jomo? Um, I'm gonna say Larry Flint. Your boy, dude. Who? Comment stems from the title stems from a comment by La- Lars Ulrich, who suggested <clears throat> to Dave Mustaine that he should take more risks with his music. Mustaine has blamed the record's lack of success on the fact that it was released under the Megadeth moniker. If anyone else's name was on risk, it would have sold. The backlash ultimately resulted with the band returning towards a heavier sound with The World Needs a Hero in 2001. God damn it, motherfuckers. So, uh, uh, the Lo- Loudwire had Volume 8, Dead Last for Anthrax. They also had Risk, Dead Last for Megadeth. This is what they said. A Megadeth album that's perhaps perhaps best left forgotten. The aptly named Risk, calling it near uh, career suicide might have been more appropriate, pushed the mainstream ingredients uh, of the preceding cryptic writings over the cliff of reason. Alienating fans who uh, alienate, alienating fans while still leaving critics unimpressed. Lead single Crushem fared okay at radio thanks to a clever promotional tie-in to a professional wrestler, but album sales still took a significant dive and convinced Capitol Records to let the band walk, just a few years removed from their multi-platinum glory. Singles from this album, Crushem, Breadline, and Insomnia. Hayden, you want to talk about this first? Yes, I will do. Um, so, like I said, um, obviously, Risk was joint second slash third for me. Um, can we just start off by saying Breadline can just be completely removed from the album um, because it is disgusting? Um, I don't I got, like I got, it. I think we got some stuff to say about Breadline. I don't like Breadline. It's a bit weird. <laughs> It's a bit weird. It doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't scream Megadeth to me. Um, I think you know this is one of the albums that I continually listen to throughout the week. Um, Insomnia's catchy. Prince of Darkness is also catchy. Um, the Doctor is calling. That's obviously a very, uh, very cool song as well. Um, it starts off obviously with, with what I presume is a little child screaming to his dad. Wake up, Daddy. The doctor is calling. So it's a little bit creepy. Um, but it then sort of kicks in and sort of the riffs are good there. Um, going back to Insomnia, actually. You know when he's going like, I, 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 I predicted that he was going to say, I am coming. Because oh. it sounded like he was orgasming. <laughs> kind of like Domo oh. does on Pornhub. Because um, it was just like, I'm, I'm, I insomnia and it's like you know you're, you're being blue balls um and then yeah it's just anticlimactic um 
Crush'em is also another good song on the album that I think has a catchy riff in. Um, but yeah, um, it's like like I said, it's it's hard for me to pinpoint whether it be second or third in in my sort of um, rankings because um, yeah, I don't know. It's fifty fifty with um, volume eight. So yeah. I think you listened to the remastered version of this record. I did. Uh, I did, yeah. Okay. The remastered version of this album is fucking atrocious. It's horrible. Oh, it's so that would be so why Dave, then. Dave Mustaine has remastered pretty much every Megadeth album. And in the in the remastering, he's like removed some of the original tracks and put new guitar in and like new stuff or like new singing parts. And when, so when I listened to this, so somebody donated a bunch of Megadeth albums to the library. So Becca grabbed them for me and brought them, you know, gave them to me. And one of them is Risk. And the reason I was, you know, didn't throw it out was because we had talked about doing the Big Bad Four. So I've been listening to it in the car. And then I go to listen to it this morning and it was the remastered one. And I was like, this does not sound anything like what I've been listening to. There's like little things put in. The album get, has like a two second piano piece that starts Insomnia in the remastered version. Like why? Um, so if you hate this record already, you're going to hate the remastered one even more. It sounds like shit. Um, so yeah insomnia is actually a i love that song i think it's good um the thing the funny thing about the 90s of megadeth so we all know that rust in peace is one of my favorite albums of all time it's in my opinion the greatest metal album ever created um and 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 as we go forward um you get a little more rockier and rockier and poppier as we go. So we start with Rust in Peace, and then we go to Countdown to Extinction, then we go to Euthanasia, then we go to Cryptic Writings, and then we end up at Risk. So you don't just go from Rust in Peace to Risk. There's a whole thing in between. And the funny thing is, if you played Rust in Peace for a lot of people, they would not be into it. It's a really hardcore thrash, and it's, I mean, it's a perfect, amazing album. But a lot of people are going to be like, no, I don't think so. The funny thing is, in making, in the way that Dave Mustaine had made these, you could get someone into Rust in, Pe uh, Rust in Peace by starting them with Risk and then going to Cryptic Writings, Euthanasia, Countdown to Extinction, and then to Rust in Peace. So he's made like this backwards, like five-step process that you could get somebody into thrash metal with. Um, I've never been a huge fan <laughs> of this album. Um, a lot of the things that piss, like, okay, you think about things that, okay, were big and important to Megadeth in 1990. Guitar, obviously. Think about Hangar 18. There's two songs on this album. The fucking song fades out while someone is ripping a guitar solo. Like, what the, why? Yeah, no, there is one, yeah. Like, what is with your priorities here? Um, now, a lot of people hate Dave Mustaine's voice. Mm. I love it. My favorite Dave Mustaine, my favorite <clears throat> vocal of Dave Mustaine is from So Far, So Good, So What? A lot of people hate that album, whatever. Um, it's my favorite of his uh, frontman vocal duties. I, there's, I love a lot of his parts in here. Prince of Darkness, I don't, like the song is okay, but I love listening to his voice and he talks a lot to the verses and stuff. But one, so Mustaine is a good guitar player. Uh, Marty Friedman lead wise is better, but one, Mustaine has some really great solos. But one of my problems with Dave Mustaine, is he, you can predict the end of all of his solos. He either bends the same note like five times in a row or he does these half-step increments up while playing the same piece. And he does it in Prince of Darkness, and it's, it's played out. It's Stop it. You need, to, you need to figure something else out. It's boring. It's played out at this point. And that's one of the solos that doesn't fade out. Um, then we have this Enter the Arena, which is like a 32-second piece uh, before Crush'em that don't know why it's even... If it wasn't opening the record, I don't know what it's doing as the third song in the album. It's this 32 or whatever, 40-second long piece that fucking makes no sense. 
Like it's supposed to go with Crushem. So those two should have either opened the record or I don't know. It, it's, it's weird to me that that's even on there. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure none of these songs are played live. I'm pretty sure some of these songs have never been played live. But would like, if I saw Megadeth, I would not mind them opening the show with uh, Time the Beginning and closing the show with Time the End. I think it would sound cool. Um, there's, some, there's some boring shit in Time the End. Like It doesn't start off with a very like fun guitar riff it's boring it's slow and he plays it like eight times in a row before like anything else even comes in before the drums and guitar or whatever or vocals come in it's like the riff is boring to begin with i don't need to hear it eight fucking times but there are some good guitar solos on here i don't want to completely shit on this thing um but i will tell you when i was driving around the other day and breadline was playing which is a good song okay it's it's a good song and it's catchy pulled into a parking spot and i've told when we listened to lincoln park and i put their last cd on the one that's like a pop album when i pulled into a parking spot while listening to that like really loud there was people around me and i was i was embarrassed i was like i gotta turn this off like hopefully nobody saw me um when i rolled into a parking spot listening to breadline i felt the same actually i had to turn that shit off like oh, hopefully no one saw me come and listen oh, to that um, so the, the idea behind Risk is that, you know, Cryptic Writings has a lot of pop, a lot of rock, and you still some metal stuff in there, and it's combined to make a really good record that a lot of people love. The guy in the behind the music, I can't remember what his name is, he said Dave Mustaine has always been a guy who's been kind of split down the middle. Do I want to make metal or do I want to make pop? So obviously metal doesn't make all that much money. Think about all the metal radio stations we had 10 years ago. They're almost all gone because it doesn't make any money, so they play pop music. Um, and so, you know, Megadeth gets more poppier and popular as they go of course he's also hanging out with Lars Ulrich at this point um, and then you get Risk and so Risk can go fuck itself but it's not like bad it's just like it's recorded well it's thought out it's just a lot of the stuff when I hear it it's and I hear I think of like Megadeth in their heyday with Rust in Peace it's like okay I, I don't know it does nothing for me Rob what do you think of this record I'm gonna place this as my second favorite. Um, so first couple of songs, I'm getting like a Nine Inch Nails vibe, but I would have listened to Nine Inch Nails before I listen to this because Trent Reznor is a better singer. Oh, um, yeah, the, the whole like uh, enter the arena crush them thing, I believe they use each other's lyrics. Uh, so yeah, those are supposed to be played together, but the transition between the two is so fucking unsmooth. And like Metallica is the one that has the reputation for being unsmooth. And you listen to fucking Rust in Peace and every transition is smooth as hell. So fucking shame on them for that transition. Um, so I, I do like Breadline. Again, that's like, uh, I, that should be a song by like Cheap Trick or Boston or I don't fucking know what. But it's like a major key song. It's, it's you know. So yeah, like that to his point of like, uh, this is a failure because it's called Megadeth and we're known for crushing riffs and whatever. Yeah, it, 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 uh, yeah. And I like, you know, yeah. So th this band, they're, they're kind of going, uh, they got some classic rock stuff going on here. Like they're, they're mixing like uh, heavy distortion with, um, like more like classic rock or like Michael Jackson or fucking disco, or I don't fucking know what, like, uh, uh, clean tones. Uh, it's it's doing something for me, but uh, you know I don't fucking know what it is. I don't know. Um, Doctor's calling. The voice follows the guitar. Uh, I I hate that technique. I don't like. I don't. Yeah. I want wanderlust. Okay. So first of all, this that sounds to me like a cover of Bon Jovi's "Dead or Alive." Probably the song I hate most in the world. Also, he says the word wanderlust and later lust for wandering. Is Did he fucking like go to a dictionary to fucking write these lyrics? What the fuck is going on here? Um, Facepalm. 
I rage turned off this album a couple of times. I wanted to to like this album. Uh, I don't. Uh, and I don't know. It's probably the second best of the four for me. Uh, I guess that's it. So when they were recording, oh, I, I just put the uh, artwork in the comments, and now, like it's garbage. Uh, anyway, um, Jesus. Christ. Another thing that he was saying when they recorded uh, cryptic writings, the whatever producer they worked with told he. Like, this is how Dave Mustaine said it. He sold eighty million copies in the United States with whatever stuff he's worked on. Dave Mustaine has sold twenty million copies worldwide at that point. So he's like, okay, I'm this guy has eighty million in the United States. I have twenty million worldwide. I said, okay, I'm going to listen to this guy and see what he has to say. So that's how we got cryptic writings, which again is good. Um, and then you just keep going, I guess, off the deep end. They were probably they probably made more from crypto. Yeah, okay. And then there's the there's the remastered artwork down there. I'm still kind of shit, but at least it paints the full picture. Um, so they probably made more money from that than they did from any of the previous ones. Um, but I don't know. It's hard for me to kind of take this album serious in a lot of ways because I know that Dave Mustaine is a good quality songwriter. But like I was saying, when you lose track of things, like how the hell are you going to have Hangar 18 and then you have Wonderlust, or excuse me, uh, Ecstasy, which which has a guitar solo at the end. I, I think I hate I think I think hate the song Ecstasy, in all honesty. Uh, has a guitar solo on the end and they fucking fade it out. And this is the last album with Marty Friedman and none of his solos are really all that memorable. And um, he, he left right, he left about a year after this. You think about, um, fuck, what's the uh, song on Rust in Peace? Um, Tornado of Souls. His guitar solo in that song is like legendary. Everybody knows it who plays guitar. Uh, and he doesn't really have anything like that on this record. Um, and then we, I think about the riffs on Rust in Peace, uh, specifically things like Lucretia, one of the most creative riffs. Like if you learn how to play it, it's, it's insanely creative. You would have never come up with it. Like not you, me, nobody would have, with the exception of Dave Mustaine. And then we come to here and a lot of the riffs are fucking boring or whatever. It's, I don't know. I don't know. I, I hate to say I hate anything by Megadeth, but this record is probably number three for me of the four. Uh, Jomo, tell us about this. <sighs> I don't even know what the fuck to say about how shitty this goddamn album is, too. I think this is where Dave Mustaine was probably doing way too much coke and drugs. Um, I I don't like what insomnia. To me, it's like, what the fuck is this shit when I'm listening to it? This, this, this is the shit that... Makes dog shit sound like fucking dog shit, okay? Um, the solo on Prince of Darkness was okay. The rest of the goddamn song, fucking shit. The sampling electronics throughout this whole album is fucking just... It, it, it's, it's trash. It's dog shit trash. Um, the way Mustaine is singing this album, it sounds like a Mor Alanis Morissette has fucking COVID and she's trying to sing. I'd rather travel to Ukraine right now, fight for Ukraine, than listen to this dog shit that they call even a fucking album. No, you know, I want to know actually what drugs is fucking Dave Mustaine on? What was he doing? Was he on uppers, downers, poppers? At this point, I, at this, at this point I'm pretty sure Dave Mustaine was sober. What wrote? Was, he, that's he wrote why, Rust in Peace sober. That mm. oh no, fuck you, because he wrote Rust in Peace sober. That's like the one album he wrote in between. So like the first three were all fucked up, addicted yep, Dave yep, Mustaine, mm -hmm, and yep. then I'm pretty sure Youth and uh, Countdown to Extinction also was. So. Um, he wrote that one. He wrote Rust in Peace, Sober, and I'm pretty sure this, he was, you know, Dave Mustaine died in like 1993, right? Or like 1994. He died of a drug overdose and he was brought back to life. So, um, so he at, can, at some point around that. So he can make this shitty album? <laughs> he came back just to make this. Just, uh, no, but he, I, he's uh, like, where's Jomo at? Beep, 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 <laughs> yeah. beep. I'm back, yeah. motherfucker. So, um, 
Yeah. So uh, at some point after that, uh, he, you know, he would go in and out or whatever. He, I think Dave Mustaine said he's been in and out of rehab like 15 or 20 times. Um, so at some point, I'm pretty sure by 1999, he was clean and he's been ever since. No one likes a quitter, Dave. No one likes a quitter. That's all I have to say. Okay. Nice. <laughs> uh, rock or something. What do you, uh, what do you think of this record? You fucking Chris. I think um, you guys hit the points. I mean, uh, that that was Dave Mustaine who said that originally from your uh, intro that if someone else had written this, it would have been successful. Yeah, he actually says it in his uh, in the behind the music. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That was the that was my first thought originally too. This isn't a bad album, but it's this isn't a Megadeth album at all. And listening to it, I was just irritated yeah, because I like Megadeth, and this just isn't it. You know, the time the beginning was good. I liked it a lot, honestly. Um, as a Megadeth track, it's good. Wanderlust, I like too. I thought the uh, intro and bridge guitar riffs are pretty cool. Uh, Breadline too, same deal. It's it, you know, <laughs> I kind of had the same thought you did, though I didn't play that too loud at work. Um, but yeah, I just think that someone else would have been much better off doing this, and maybe he should have just taken a sabbatical or done some more drugs or something. I don't know, because this was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it, it's recorded fine. The the guitar tones are fine. Um, you know, it's it's this. There's a difference between like a movie, right? That's a complete fucking train wreck, and one that just isn't all that good or interesting. Right. Yeah. And I would you honestly have, you say have all it. Stuff here? Yeah, I, I don't hate it. I just if I didn't know who it was, I would have said, "Oh, this is pretty good." If a, if a buddy recorded this, I would have pat him on the back, and said, "Good job." But I don't know. Like like you said, I'm a big Megadeth fan, and this just didn't scratch the itch for me. Yeah, there's some songs like I said, Insomnia is I think is awesome. That song actually would have fit on like Euthanasia or Countdown to Extinction somewhere. Um, well, in Breadline, one thing I really liked is I, I mentioned this during the Kill Switch episode for one of the songs. Um, at the the last time of the chorus of Breadline, he changes uh, his vocal notes. I fucking love that. It's one of my favorite things that vocalists can do during a chorus uh, towards the end. Uh, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I want to say about this. Oh yeah, so Wonderlust has has good speed at points. I I brought that up to actually Becca. So you, Rob said, did he look up a dictionary? Because he said Wonderlust, and they said I have a lust for wondering, wandering, or whatever the hell. I asked Becca like a month ago, like what the hell Wanderlust meant, and she said, well, okay, like break the word up, a lust for wondering. So yeah, I mean he probably just went to the dictionary and and fucking wrote that down. Um, yeah, I don't know. Doctor's Calling is fine. Prince of Darkness, one thing I don't know if I said, uh, the chorus like saves that song. The chorus is pretty good in that song, uh, but the rest of it, I don't know, it's just boring. Again, I don't know. Especially if you if you really, really love like old school Megadeth, this song, this album is going to be like, eh, whatever. A lot of it is a bit too poppy for me and a bit too by the books. Um, when you If you listen to... Um, Things like Take No Prisoner, that fucking song is so all over the place. Just even figure, like trying to remember which, like when parts come in, and even though you've heard it 10 times in a row or whatever, like they still come in at random points and the song's all over the fucking place and it's great. And like I said, you have a song like in the beginning, like the end, time the end, it plays the same boring ass riff eight, 16 times in a row. It's like this song, this riff wasn't interesting to begin with. It's definitely not interesting the 16th time I've heard it. Um, so yeah, a guitar solo in that song is on point. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, if they played any part of this album and I saw, when I saw them live, it, 
like in this made up version where I see them live, that it's not the rust and peace tour that I dream about that I should have gone to. And I didn't go to, mm. um, it, I would say if they played any part of this, I think, uh, it could start with beginning uh, time, the beginning and end with time, the end, just parts of it. I don't need to hear the whole three minute piece. And there's also a couple things going on here that I think they could blend in. Like if they, if Dave Mustaine was like, Oh, I ever want to blend in certain parts of this record, they could blend them in like after songs or some, uh, or at some parts, I think they could fit and they're good, but as a whole, it's like, man, I, I'm going back to rest in peace. All right, let's read some read some YouTube comments. First person said, "This is Bon Jovi's best album." Nice, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Next person said, "Really playing it fast and loose with the term thrash metal on this one." Ooh. Uh, next person said, "This is the definition of a guilty pleasure." Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next person says, "By no means a bad album, just probably not what you should expect from Megadeth." I agree. And then lastly. Jomo, what do you think this last comment says? Like, greatest search album, greatest sh um, search my heart. Commit jihad on the metaverse. Oh, says, don't do that again. <laughs> are we ready? It says, thank you, Lars Ulrich. Nice. <laughs> Stop! All right, I'm done. Ready to spin the wheel? Spin. Oh yeah, Spotify only show the remastered version of Risk, by the way. So that's probably where I okay. got the remastered. Yeah, all the, the, all the Megadeth stuff on there is probably the remastered version. Yeah, that's what I have too. Yeah, me too. Okay, yeah. It's I have, lame. I, I have Apple Music, way, so... Way sorry, not that. sorry. Okay, yeah, it's lame. He changes too much shit and whatever. Um, okay, next is Slayer. Hey! Fucking Slayer! Slayer! I'm going to try to pronounce this properly. Uh, Diabolus and Musica is an 11 track record released in 1998 coming in just over 40 minutes long. It's the band's eighth studio album. They're first to be played mostly in C sharp tuning and debuted at number 31 on the billboard 200 charts selling over 40,000 copies in its first week. Uh, Diabolus in Musica is a Latin term for the devil in music or tritone. A medieval, medieval musical rules did not allow this particular dissonance as the interval was considered sexual and would bring out the devil. Carrie King has stated that we were just, Carrie King has stated that we were just saying, all right, how do we make Slayer fit into today's society? But that's probably my least favorite record of our history. Songs from Diab Diabolus are rarely played live following the return of drummer Dave Lamb. Lombardo in 2002 with Stain of Mind being the only consistent one. Uh, Loudwire says they also put this album dead last. 1998's Diabolus and Musica is somewhat unique in that it saw Slayer playing heed to external market forces instead of striking excuse me, instead of sticking to their tried and true formula. Thankfully, the resulting decision to tune their guitars down to C sharp and Tom Araya's experimenting with different vocal styles wasn't enough to entirely disfigure the thrash god's unmistakable sound. Just dull, just dull their razor sharp edges. So a few stubborn highlights could emerge in bitter peace and stain of mind. Singles from this album, Stain of Mind. The first thing I want to say, so this cover art creeps me out. I still think I hate it. And this is my number one of the week. This is, I, I'm, so when I was reading, everyone's like, oh, this guy says like pretty much this, this record blows. A bunch of people were like, oh, this CD sucks. Some dude on YouTube made a whole video about how this album stinks. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for everything to be a total train wreck. Uh, Bitter Peace starts. The first minute and 35 seconds of Bitter Peace cut it out, throw it away in the nearest trash can. It sounds like a high school band. 
and I can't stand it. I get they're going for this um, dynamic thing where you have this kind of low, slow, evil type buildup, and then you go into Slayer. It doesn't need it. It works right from the buildup, the part when it's built up. Go right from there and kick in. I almost have no problems with this album. I love it. I think it's awesome. Uh, it's it, Slayer never went soft. When we're looking at something like the Anthrax album or Risk, and then we're hearing this, it's like, okay, yeah. I, yeah. I think this record is fucking awesome. Um, one, the only other issue I have, I, I think every song on here is awesome, personally. The only other issue I have, there's a song called Love to Hate, and there's a part in the middle where the song stops, and when it comes back in, it comes in with this weak-ass guitar and then goes into the singing part. If they just cut that guitar out and come back on the singing, I think it'll be really strong. Um, but those those are really my only issues. I think the tone is great on this album, and I talk shit about Kerry King's soloing all the time, uh, especially on uh, Rain and Blood. The guitar solos are fucking garbage, and the album's like 30 minutes. Cut out all the guitar solos and give me a 28-minute or 28-and-a-half-minute album, and I'll be fine with it. They take away from the songs, in my opinion. I was... So when we talked about Rob Zombie, Kerry King played a solo on one of his songs. I loved it personally. I was I was seeing hearts. I had I was that emoji with hearts in my eyes for Kerry King, and now I'm hearing his guitar solos on here, and I'm just I I loved all of them. I thought that they were great. Are they the best thing probably ever? No, but there's some really good parts in them. And one of them, uh, Stain of Mine, he ends his guitar solo with this reverse dive bomb. And I was like, great. I love it. I'm I'm, I'm all in. Uh, who would like to talk about this record first? Teddy. Come on, you're the big Slayer fan. Right? Oh, I yeah, fucking like, look at I. This made me want to jerk off Tom Mariah, okay? Because it, yeah, it, this was the best album out of the Big Four during this weird era that they went through. Okay, Scrum, my favorite song of this fucking album, heavy as fuck. It's definitely it, it. It's got my fucking old Slayer thrashy feel. There's too many songs earlier in the album though that have like this grungy alt rock. That it's just definitely not Slayer. It's not fucking Slayer. I don't even know why they even attempted to do these fucking songs that were just that these grungy kind of alt rock tones in the guitars. Uh, I think uh, Paul Wostoff, who's the uh, he, he's a drummer at the time. He replaced uh, Dave Lombardo. He's he can actually keep time. He he's actually really good. I I, I would send money to kids who are starving in Sudan if Lars Ulrich can count in four for four minutes or more. There should be a drinking game too that has fucking, it, it's like every time he does that shitty like Tom Phil, there should be a drinking game for every shitty Tom Phil that Lars Ulrich does and it ruins their fucking song. If you ask me, Diabolus in Musica is fucking amazing, right? The second half. Not the, the the first half is like eh, it's kind of it's grungy it's alt rock yes they were experimenting with like the new metal to kind of appease these new listeners or, or or get these new listeners to listen to them don't do that stay fucking Slayer stay hard talk about death concentration camps and evil thank you so Death's Head which is the second song starts off with bass is one of my favorite songs um, has a lot of energy I love yep. the verses Tom Mariah mm -hmm. yep. I love his singing mm -hmm. on this album Yeah, you always know it's him so like one thing we all love about Eddie Van Halen when Eddie Van Halen plays guitar you all know it's Eddie Van Halen um, and I that that holds a lot of weight having something that's unique I love Tom, Tom Mariah and I love him on this record it's fucking great um, the only song I I don't love Overt Enemy if I could have one song cut from here it's Overt Enemy uh, every, like I don't know there's great double bass in it but as a whole I don't really like the song um, vocally is probably the reason it's my least favorite vocally on here but yeah I was um, I was surprised 
because uh, I thought this was going to be a train wreck of a record, and it's not. It's fucking great. Uh, Scrum, yeah, is Balls to the Wall, one of my favorite songs on here. In uh, the song In the Name of God, I, I want to see that live. Unfortunately, like Slayer's not touring anymore, right? They're broken up. They, well, not, they're just like, they've, they've retired, yeah. right? Okay, they did, yeah. I think so. Um, oh, there's also, there's harmonized guitars in that song, In the Name of God. Um, and then towards the end, the vocals and the drums are just fucking balls to the wall. This, I don't know. I mean, we, we're, we got to do a Slayer. We got to do like two or three Slayer episodes now because now we got to hear everything they have to offer. But I think this record is great. Uh, Rob, what do you think of this album? Much like my ex-girlfriend, if you surgically remove enough of her, you would be left with something beautiful. Um, <laughs> oh my good God. um yeah i i uh so i i i had a i had a, a stressful week at work and i put this album on expecting a train wreck and it really lifted my mood uh uh yeah there are parts of the album that i didn't like but there there i listened to this album the most out of all of them and it's because uh yeah, I, 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 there's several songs in this album that I really legit like. Uh, Stain of Mind, uh, Parts of Bitter Peace, uh, Hate Over It, Enemy, but yeah, uh, Scrum I Loved. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm a fucking Slayer fan. Uh, hell yeah. Yeah, this is my favorite. This is my favorite of the four. Uh, that's it. I, I laughed at oh, that. Yeah. I was taking a piss, but I laughed at that <laughs> fucking joke, and my stream of piss went a little bit. I hit the rim. I'm not gonna lie, that was <laughs> fucking hilarious. I cleaned, I, I cleaned it up. I cleaned it up. No, you didn't. You didn't clean it up. I did. I yo, I'm not. I'm not gonna ask my wife to clean up that. Fucking what am I, a peasant? I'm a, <laughs> no, I'm a king. Was... I'm a king. Anyway, we'll move on. Move on. Move on. That was um, fucking hilarious, Rob. <laughs> the things. I, so yeah, I want. I want to praise Kerry King on this because I talk too much shit about him. I mean, mm -hmm. we've, we've always said we love his riffing, but I'm just saying, I, I want to praise, every time I hear something great, I, I want to praise it. Um, so yeah, so Perversions of Pain, double bass comes through really clear. Oh, and the chorus sounds like a satanic prayer. I wouldn't doubt if it is. I didn't look into it, but that's just what it sounds like. Hell yeah. Uh, and there's, I don't know, this album is fucking brutal. So there's, I'm pretty sure, Tons of people in the comments. I don't think these are all necessarily the ones I have here for the comments, but people were like, yo, I don't know why I didn't like this record. So when people in this day and age are double downing that this record stinks, uh, I, I don't know what they're expecting. People say that this is really new metal. There's a ton of thrash and like speed picking and all kinds of shit throughout this. So, I mean, there might be new metal elements. There's a song in here, Desire, which has a chorus that sounds just like System of a Down. So I guess that would be yeah. one that's crossing into, you know, other types of things. Um, but it's a really great song. And yeah, like the, the big thing is because of all the negative stuff I saw, I was like Rob was saying, expecting it just a train wreck immediately. And the whole time I was like, yo, the CD is fucking great. I would love to have seen, I would have loved to have even just, I mean, we're way too young, but like I would have loved to have been at the tour um, to see this stuff played live. Uh, Chris, what do you think of this album? I really digged it. I, I mean, it's a Slayer album, you know, you come yeah. to expect a lot of the criticisms that you guys have already outlined, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you guys haven't mentioned Screaming from the Sky. That's my favorite track on this album. Oh. Um, I actually didn't own this one either, so I was happy to see that because it was just kind of a single that I had heard over the years, loved it, never knew which album it was on. It's different, you know, it's a little bit slower, it's got that, like, I don't know, It's it's not traditional thrashy slayer it's it's heavier i guess grungier like you said jomo but i loved it oh yeah uh, scrum is a 
obviously a song about rugby and i used to play rugby i love the sport oh, yeah. i used to jam this song when i was playing um death's head might be the one that you were talking about that kind of sounds like system of a down because that was a thought that i had too um i would have to listen to it again to point out the parts but i just kind of feel like they were they were experimenting in a good way with a lower tuning trying to harmonize with uh tom's voice a little bit and i actually i saw these guys on their last uh like I don't know, northern leg of their tour a couple of years ago in uh, Montreal. And they played Screaming from the Sky, which was awesome. Um, it was just a great show. You know, they, they never lost their air. They just kind of decided it was time, which I can respect. But yeah, this album as a whole, you know, you come to expect a little bit of filler in Slayer albums. You'll have that. And um, I don't know. I guess I had a hard time finding things I didn't like about this. I listened to it on repeat for several hours while I was grinding. Uh, definitely my favorite of the four. When I, when I was listening to it this morning, <clears throat> I was just trying to pick out, okay, like what, if I were to say anything negative about this, what would it be? And there's just so little because it's Slayer. Like you wanted a Slayer album, that's what it is. And I don't know what their normal tuning is. I don't know if they were normally just playing in a st E standard, which is um, Anthrax, Megadeth, and Metallica, I believe, all used to play in E standard. So I don't know what the, what a Slayer played in before this. Um, but when we were talking about Anthrax, I was saying I really think that that record could have um, used a lower tuning and Slayer doing it, I think it really, really helped them. There's some really aggressive, fucking powerful, rage-inducing, brutal shit on this album and that low tuning really, really helped them out. Um, yeah, it's great. There's songs I want to see live. Fuck, it's like, I, I want to see, I, I need Slayer to get back, get back and do a tour just for me. Yes. I mean, everyone can go, but I, I need, I need to see them now. Three or four times. They, every show has been a little different. They've all been high energy. Yeah. They've just been great. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's hard to say anything bad about it, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I agree. It's like, when I was listening to this, it's like, I think you were the first one, to, you or Rob were the first one to be like, yeah, it's a Slayer album. And it is. So um, good on them. It's fucking great. Uh, Hayden, what do you think of this album? Um, I like all of you guys thoroughly enjoyed it um this is the the top sort of album yeah, for me absolutely. um and you guys have covered most of most of what i was going to say really um i remember seeing slayer back in 2017 when they played download festival and they sort of clashed with dillinger so i sort of went between the two um but no yeah really good band obviously it's Slayer, um, so you know what Slayer is always going to be like. And the the whole album was just an upbeat tempo. You know, it's fast-paced, heavy. No points were really slowed down. Um, and, you know, I, I really did like some of the parts in some of the songs. I can't remember which song it was, but... There was there was the part where they started tremolo picking and then instantly just went into a massive shred and I was like, oh my fucking god, I've just ejaculated seventeen times. <gasps> um, it's, and to be fair, it's 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 a banging album. Um, you cannot really complain about any song on 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 the album because it's Slayer. And Slayer. again, it's just Slayer. Slayer. Um, but yeah, not much to say, but. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and in my ratings, it's number one. Definitely. Just yeah, real no, quick, uh, just because you mentioned that they were playing at the same time as Dillinger, uh, the last show I saw him, which, by the way, it was Heavy Montreal, definitely the best 
festival I've ever been to. And if they ever do that again, you guys have to come crash here for the weekend. I'm half an hour from Montreal. It's it's a hell of a show. But they were playing at the same time. They were headlining final night of the show, and uh, there was three stages. So Evanescence was playing right next to them on the other large stage. <laughs> so it was really comical. I wanted to be towards the back because I had to get out of town. So, uh, so I saw I saw everything, and uh, the entire crowd left from Evanescence's side and rushed Slayer, and they just left them with no one. Good. No one to listen. It was great. Good. It was poetic. Nice. Yeah, fucking Slayer, nice. baby. Let's read some YouTube comments. Oh, fuck yeah. First one. I don't understand why people hate this album. It was the first Slayer album I bought. It fucking kicks ass and is what got me hooked on Slayer. Yeah. Uh, this guy says, while playing Death's Head, Slayer generates the, the electricity power which a four-person family consumes in a month. Momo, can you confirm that? Um, I can not confirm or deny that. Okay. <laughs> right. Next person says, most underrated Slayer album by far. Next person said, the drumming on this record is awesome. It really is. Some of the double bass and some, just some of the playing is just so hectic at points. It's fucking amazing. And the drums really stick out, especially the double bass on this album. A lot of times it's muddied out in the bottom for other bands, but it definitely sticks out here. And lastly, never doubt the power and truth of the almighty machine known as Slayer. Slayer. Well, it's a great record, and uh, it's my favorite of the week. Definitely, without question. Um, yeah, we need to do a Slayer episode. Two of them. Three of them. Oh, well, how many albums do they have? We need to, we need to do three Slayer they have episodes. One. We've already... So uh, before we push any further, um, I'll, I'll do it. We did Rain and Blood, right? Yeah. So, and we covered this one, so that means show no mercy two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh yeah, well, wow. yeah. We've got eleven albums, so we're gonna have to split into two sections. Sort of hey guys, it. I got a little. Uh, I got a code brown. Oh yeah. no! Go go. I might have to cut this short. But speaking of code brown, reload was garbage. Uh, even the artwork literally looks like diarrhea. Um, <laughs> not a single track on the album was good at all and that's pretty much all i have to say about it it's absolute trash all right well take care bud thank you for that <laughs> love ya talk love. to you guys soon take care bye. bye bye all right all right are we ready are we fucking ready all right, let's move on oh my god on. this blurb is a mouthful so get ready oh, oh god. god here we go get get <laughs> get your get your pillows ready everyone get your pillows ready Reload is a 13-track record released in 1997, coming in just over 76 minutes long. It's the band's seventh studio album, the second to use a new Metallica logo, and the final to feature Jason Newstead on bass. That is the final studio album to feature Jason Newstead on bass. He was on other releases after this, but this is the final studio album with Jason Newstead. Reload debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 charts and sold over 400,000 copies in its first week. The cover of Load is an original artwork titled Semen and Blood 3, created by Andres uh, Serrano by mixing cow's blood and his own semen. See the top picture that I posted? Like Load, the album artwork was again created by Serrano, but this time titled Piss and Blood 26, and it's a mix of cow's blood and his own urine. See the bottom picture. Disgusting. The original idea was to release Load and Reload as a double album. However, with problems recording so many songs at one time, the band decided that half would be released in 1996 on Load, and they would continue to work on the remaining songs and release them the following year. 
Fuel was nominated for Best Hard Rock Performance at 1998's 41st Annual Grammy Awards, but lost to whom, Jomo? I'm going to say Coolio. Jimmy Page and Robert Plant with Most High and Better Than You <laughs> won Best Metal Performance. Reload has been certified three times platinum. So let's read what Loudwire has to say. So Loudwire actually doesn't put this album dead last. It puts it at number eight is Load and 10 is Saint Anger. But Saint Anger needs its own episode. We're not touching that one. <sighs> After writing more than two dozen songs for Load, Metallica released that album, then came back and finished the rest of the songs from that session, which became Reload. The band considers Load and Reload to be 127 song album that ended up being released in two parts. It's kind of like um, <clears throat> Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. That's a, uh, Between the two of them, there's 30 songs. Well... Uh, my world doesn't exist, so between the two, there's 29 songs. <laughs> my world is fake news, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even though Reload sold about a million fewer copies than its predecessor, it's a slightly stronger album overall. It includes the rousing single, Fuel, along with The Memory Remains and The Unforgiven 2. <clears throat> single from this album, The Memory Remains, The Unforgiven 2, Fuel, and Better Than You. Uh, Jomo, you want to talk about this first? Oh, fucking Christ on a stick. This is the most... Th I, you know, I know Volume Me. I said it was the worst album. This is the second worst album I listened to this week. Fuel's a fucking overrated song. When I heard it, I thought about how shitty uh, fucking goddamn um, James Hetfield singing is. And it just it just sealed the deal for me. Fuel's like, oh my God, this is fucking overrated. It deserves no recognition at all that it was a fucking Metallica song. The memory remains like... It, this is a problem with these fucking songs is that they have these all weird tones that sounds like it's it's mixed with grunge stuff, mixed with alt rock. And there's even some blues tones that I got that are just filled with cheap riffs and elementary drumming. I would take polio before I listen to this fucking album, man. It is <laughs> Lars, Lars Ulrich's fucking cancer. Slither sounds like a shittier version uh, of Enter the Sandman. The cover art is fucking... It, it's Enter just, the Sandman? Yeah, 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 yeah. Enter the Sandman. Enter the Sandman. Are you happy? You good? You, you, you feel good for correcting Just me? Just understand. Uh, why Just you interrupt understand. me? And let, let's talk about Sorry. things. Let's talk about things I'd rather do than listen to uh, Metallica's uh, Reload. I'd rather risk being next to Alec Baldwin with a loaded weapon than listen to Reload. I'd Sorry. rather I'd rather travel to Eastern Ukraine while wearing a fuck Putin T-shirt. Um, nice. I'd rather pretend to be a Christian missionary in North Korea. Um, I'd rather be waterboarded by the CIA before listening to Carpe DM. Um, I, I'd rather display a Winnie the Pooh t-shirt post, well, t-shirt and poster in Beijing in front of Xi Jinping than listen to Fixer. Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the shittiest band of them all? Fucking Metallica. Fucking Metallica. This was, this is worse. This is worse than the Holocaust. It was pretty bad. Oh, God. oh, but that's so a that, song, that, that song though is actually called Carpe Diem Baby, which makes like whenever I hear stuff like that, it's like I hate to say, but that's like that boomer type stuff. Like, oh, like what 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 are people saying that's cool these days? <laughs> um, so one of the one of the biggest meme vocals in this album is in Devil's Dance, and I can't remember the sign the line before, but he says he I'm gonna try to say it like him <clears throat> because it's fucking prime mean meme quality product. He says, come dance. Ah. <laughs> Bro, are you kidding me? Come dance. Uh, it's like, come dance. 
when i think of this album right when i so first of all the solos in here this so kirk hammond i think was trying to do the whole band i think was trying to do like a more classic rock type thing hard rock thing kirk hammond solos are so different in in this album i i haven't listened to a lot of load i mean i've heard that whatever the hits are off of it i don't I, I don't think there's like one memorable solo by kirk hammond in the cd that i care about a lot of bends going on and i don't know it, they do nothing for me for the for um the most part fuel the memory remains and devil's dance both have or excuse me all three have snm versions so i've talked about bad songs with my buddy tom about i mean excuse me bad metallica songs and he was saying that you know a lot of their songs that aren't all that great if they were done on snm they're like a hundred times better and they redeem some of them so fuel is a song. So fuel is classic. We all know it. It's you know I'm not gonna say it, uh, but we have we always post the gif of James Hetfield falling into the stage uh, while playing, and th- I do like the it's a good riff. I'll give him that. But the song I feel like the song is so stupid at points that it's like genius. Like when I think because there's so many people when you go to YouTube and look up the song fuel and the comments are hilarious. But yeah, I don't know. I kind of love that song. Maybe that's guilty pleasure. I don't know. Uh, Devil's Dance. I just I can't get around the ah. Like it's it's it. I I don't know. I I don't know what he was thinking doing that. Um, Emery remains. That's like a classic '90s Metallica song. We all know it. I'm I'm fine with it. The end. The end uh, part of that song. Uh, you know, everyone knows what it is. I'm not gonna do it. Um, when the it's good, and then when the music cuts out and it just goes by itself, it's kind of like really haunting and it's nice. Better Than You, I don't really remember that song from the radio. That's the one that won a Grammy. Um, oh, I think that the drum beat in that song is good, actually. It like, pushes the song forward, and I, I think I, I'll give Lars that one. Um, there's a song in here, Slither. I have almost nothing to say about it. Somebody <laughs> commented on, I think, Better Than You. That is like, oh, there's some songs in this album that should have never seen the light of day. One was Better Than You, and the other was Slither. So... I don't, there's, there's a lot of praise for this record as well. A lot of people do like it. A uh, bad seed is another one that has these meme vocals. Uh, he says, "Bet you know, I'm a bad seed during the the chorus." Um, I I wish Chris didn't leave because he was the one I thought was going to talk about no man's lyric, which I still don't quite understand. But um, he was talking about uh, some drumming in the beginning. Um, Rob, what do you think of this album? Okay, so f- first of all, to the <laughs> artwork. Um, like, okay, so uh, uh, w- what I had originally thought that artwork was, was like, okay, uh, we have to get semen and we only have a limited <laughs> amount of time to, to, to get to work with it. So Lars has to jerk off uh, onto this thing as, as soon as possible. And meanwhile, Kirk Hammett uh, uh, takes a knife to his, his hand and like, like uh, cuts it, bleeds all over it. So it's like, I imagined trying to be Lars Ulrich and trying to maintain an erection while your friend's cutting himself and that's what wow. I thought that artwork was. <laughs> so I think it, it makes more sense to know what, what really happened. But uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, we, we tried to pick albums. They were all in the like 1998-ish. Uh, so yeah. when we didn't pick Saint Anger, it's like, we're okay, what was in the water in like the 97, 98? It's like while Meshuggah was making Chaos Fear, oh, yeah. uh, Metallica was making Load, Reload, fucking whatever, you know? So it's not like the entire world was cursed, but all these bands hit the same fucking pothole at the same time. I believe that was Jack's joke. Um, anyways, 
Um, yeah, to me, that uh, this is the, my least favorite of the four. Uh, I think I had the highest expectation because uh, Metallica is the most successful of the four. So, uh, but yeah, to me, one of the biggest crimes is the meme vocals. It's and it's like okay, you listen to to Unforgiven two, and there's like acoustic stuff in the beginning, and like I loved in the big four. I said that uh, Young Hetfield was my favorite voice of the four, and in that day, because you know you listen to um, Master of Puppets, or you even listen to the Black Album. You listen to uh, what's my fucking favorite song off the Black Album? Um, uh, nothing else matters. Like. Like he sings an acoustic song, nothing else matters, and he's he doesn't have the full meme voice yet. He's still he can still sing soft, and he can get grittier for like the uh, the heavier chorus, and so he has dynamic control in ninety one and ninety three or whatever it is. But by ninety seven, he just has his one fucking comical voice that everyone makes fun of, and he just does it all the time. And he, uh, I don't know. And like, yeah, to, to the point of how they don't know what's funny or what's in style, like Carpe Diem Baby, uh, <laughs> the, the, the Unforgiven 2, like as in T-O-O or, you know, T-W-O, they, they make a fucking, it's, try to convince me that's a joke. I don't know, to me, they're fucking like, they're trying to be profound, but they're fucking stupid. I don't know what else to fucking say. Um, yeah, Low Man's Lyric, uh, has a lot of plays, so it's, uh, you know, a lot of these tracks have 5 million plays, that one has close to 10 million, so in some level, this is a hit, but, like, to me, Chocolate Cake and Potato Frosting, it's like, uh, you got this cheesy, like, uh, fucking classic rock keyboard sound that doesn't fucking fit, and then fucking Hetfield's meme voice, uh, fuck. Memory remains. You got this da 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 da. That thing. This fucking. I don't know whose fucking voice that is, but uh, I don't know. It's fucking weak. It doesn't. <laughs> it, it fucking. I I I rage. Fucking turn off that song. Um, Unforgiven two. Uh, like okay. The, these guys fucking play with uh um, heavy distortion and clean tone and stuff like that. But like, to me, they're, they're, they're they didn't do that song dyna dynamic justice. There needs to be, uh, uh, you know, they, they need additional, they need to be playing with dynamics more. To me, that song's a fucking letdown. Yeah. Slither. I heard it from the other room. I thought it was enter Sandman. Like Jomo was saying, mm -hmm. um, this album isn't heavy enough to like help me deal with my anger. Like thrash metal can do. And it isn't melodic enough to help me like, uh, Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, like when I, when I think of like, uh, there isn't one fucking ke catchy melody on this fucking album, except for parts of fuel. There were good, some good riffs on fuel. Uh, but like, it's like this album is fucking forgettable. It's like, it's, it's, it's a, how fucking long is this album? It's this, this album's one hour and 16 minutes long. It's fucking forgettable. It's fucking shit. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I expected the most out of this album, and I like it the least. I I don't like this album. Least uh, number four for me. That's it. So Prince Charming is another one that I hope is memed because the chorus he says, "Hey Ma, look at me," and um, oh yeah, but before, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's like cheesy as hell. But um, like the song in the beginning is I, I I think it rips like in the beginning. But the chorus, the the um, descending notes in the chorus just always remind me of Four Horsemen, and it sounds like it just sounds like the four like it's four horsemen and i every time i listen to it that's what i hear um 
there's a song where the wild things are i guess jason newstead wrote that song the last 10 seconds of it i think are fucking amazing um low man's lyric is a nine minute long song it's like this irish drinking song or something or is it is at least what they were going for and it just feels so out of place on this album like people were praising the song i mean i don't think i could listen to the song for like three minutes and let alone nine minutes uh, there's one song, Attitude. I, I would actually like to see that song live. Um, so we've talked about, you know, respecting Metallica. Um, they stole Dave Mustaine's shit back in the day. And that's what I'm not saying that they didn't grow out of it and write their own stuff. That's legitimately great. But they definitely got famous with someone else's work that they took. However, that I mean, that we can't undo. Right. Like history is what it is. And they became famous or whatever. But that I, I've seen shows of them last year when they're 60 plus years old in the pouring rain playing Master of Puppets like 1.3% speed. And it's incredible. I have to get like, it's to watching people with so many bands would be like, it's raining. We're fucking out of here, especially if they're 65 years old. So to watch something like that and it's just, I, I have to give them, you know, the credit of having longevity or whatever um metallica has probably fallen into the most potholes out of any band that we talked about today um every good idea they have they always fuck up with something else um you know like you have you have something like uh death magnetic that some people liked and then you have this big huge ass pothole that is lulu and absolute garbage and then we come back with uh the whatever the new city was called um fuck uh hardwired whatever the new Hardwired to self-destruct. When I first heard that, I've mentioned this before, it came on randomly when I had like YouTube on just, you know, playing random shit. It did a triple take looking at the screen because it's like, who is that? Wait, that's, wait, wait, what the fuck? That's Metallica? So like they have great ideas. They have horrible ideas. St. Anger, we will tackle at some point. Uh, the sound quality of that album is just garbage in general. We don't need to, I guess, go into it too much. It's fucking Bob Rock. But yeah, it's Bob Rock. Yeah, yeah. So Bob Rock, I think he was uh, on these records, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. um so wait yeah i think he was uh, on reload yeah uh, yeah reload yeah definitely um so we get i don't know we get these mean things and i'm I'm trying to listen to this and then i get these things like hey ma look at me i get these like you know like i was saying come dance ah that kind of shit and it's like all right <laughs> i don't know the solos do nothing for me i will say th but there are some times where i'm like i actually think the drums are good here i think it pushes the song along um and yeah, I don't know, Fixer, there's this nice part of Fixer towards the middle where um, it's just bass, guitar, and drums. And I think it's actually really nice. It's haunting. Uh, the song, uh, I don't know, like, I, I like the end of it, but um, as, I don't know, it, I don't know, as a whole, this whole record, I'm not saying I'm in love with it. I think there's high points and there's low points, but I don't know, Anthrax is almost like all low points for me. So it, this is at least above that. Hayden, what do you think of this album? I'm going to make it short and sweet for you. Um, mm. I didn't like it. Um, I didn't like it whatsoever. I don't know why, because you know, you think Metallica would be up there because, like you said, it's Metallica is the most popular band in the world. Um, oh, but one of them, yeah, at, at one of them, yeah at, the, at this point in, in you know, in the 90s. Um, Sliver, like <clears throat> it's been mentioned, is just a knockoff version of. Um, Enter Sandman that you'd probably find in a Chinese music shop um, one of those you know B movies or something like that um, and I just I couldn't listen to this album I don't know why I don't know why I just couldn't listen to it um, some of the vocals are good some of the guitar sort of tracks are good 
bass is good. I think the drums, there, there's a couple of songs where the drums are off tempo, they're slow and basic, and it doesn't sound like Metallica whatsoever. So I don't know what Lars Ulrich uh, was smoking back then, but he needed to stop because that was shit. Um, but no, um, yeah, like I said, I I couldn't I couldn't listen to it. Unfortunately, it, there there was quite a few good songs. Don't get me wrong, that I could listen to, but as an album, I I wouldn't sort of play it again. Um, some of the solos as well was a bit ran were a bit random and sort of a bit trashy. Um, so yeah, not a lot to say about this. Unfortunately, I'm disappointed that Metallica even thought about releasing an album this bad. So any double album in existence, you could probably pull out ten of the tracks, throw them in the garbage, and make one great record. Um, I think that uh, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 made it out pretty much alive. All the songs are really good. I mean, you could probably throw a couple of them out and, and just make a Use Your Illusion album with whatever, 15 songs or whatever. Um, but yeah, one of the things that I, I just hate is that the guitar solos in this album, it's not that they're like bad. They're not going to piss you off listening to them, but there's like nothing memorable about them. Think about the guitar solos in like Master of Puppets, right? They're fucking great. I can think about them. One, all those songs like from the 80s. There's some really, really great guitar solos that just stick with you. Nothing. I can't remember a single one. And, and some of the guitar solos I was listening to in this, I was like, okay, I know what's coming up because I think I remember this. And it didn't come up because I was thinking of a previous song, like another Metallica song that wasn't that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. This still, I think, is number two for me. Uh, because I fucking hate the Anthrax album and Risk just pisses me off. So I think this is still number two. Oh, speaking of the artwork we talked about earlier, James Hetfield hates the artwork on both of these. He said at this point in time, Lars and Kirk Hammett were big into abstract art. And he said like they would act like, pretend like they were gay or whatever. And they would be like, oh, this is so great, even though it's like dumb as hell. And so they picked these covers and like, you have to give James Hupfield credit for being probably the fucking best member of the band at many points in time and going with the ideas of like Lars, right? Uh, he was saying that when they were doing Injustice for Jesus. All, I can't remember the guy who recorded or, or mixed Injustice for All, but it had bass in it and it sounded great. And James Hetfield was like, yo, it, it sounded fantastic. And then Lars comes in. He's like, no, turn up the drums, turn down the bass. Oh. And then like leaves. And James was like, okay, that's what Lars wants. So do it. And that's how you end up with that kind of bullshit. And then, so anyway, here you have, he's like, I don't even like the cover. He's like, I'm fine with like art. I like art. But when people are using it to be like, oh, I'm better than you. He's like, that's when it's pretty much when it's fucking stupid. So he's like, yo, I hate these pictures and I hate this whole fucking thing. But that was, they, they were like, we have to do this at this point in our lives. So fine, make it the cover. Um, so, I mean, they're fine. I, I don't have any, like there's way worse artwork than these, but at the same point, like, yeah, I guess they're not the best. Uh, if you think about the cover art of, um, uh, master puppets is is great it's a drawn picture with you know you have the crosses in the cemetery and the hands above it and the um the strings that would be you know the puppet strings or whatever so i, I don't know i don't think these are offensive but he hates them and uh for good reason but i i have to say for being one of the strongest members of the band uh, and the, one of the most important he he is a team player he's willing to go along with a bunch of bullshit that he fucking hates so good for him um yeah the meme vocals i i I kind of hate, but I laugh about at the same point. I don't know. Whatever. It's number two for me. Slayer's just number one by a mile. Uh, Risk pisses me off. 
Anthrax, I fucking don't care about. So this is a number two for me. Let's read some YouTube comments and let's get the hell out of here. Okay. Uh, snowboarded down a mountain one time while listening to Fuel. Holy fuck, it was awesome. Next person. Uh, time 1.5 speed for old school Metallica version. <clears throat> Next person. I honestly fucking love Load and Reload. Such a, such a good classic hard rock sound. Next person says, although I'm more of a Megadeth fan, I enjoy Metallica's old stuff. Uh, and this shit is still pretty good. Lastly, I prefer Reload to Load. There are some badass gems on this record that no one seems to talk about. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, parts of it's good. I don't know, like I said, any double album, you could take, you don't have to, Metallica at one point were like, we write 100 riffs a day. It's like, okay, yeah, 99 or 97 of them are shit. Uh, the number doesn't matter. Uh, so you could probably combine these albums into one, take fucking 10 of the songs, throw them in the trash and and make something that's, stronger you know than the two of them by themselves uh does anybody else want to say anything about these albums no okay well we've listened to that we've done it um we listened to it we've done it um jumbo which one's your favorite is everyone's favorite slayer here yes absolutely yeah yeah hands down yes slayer Slayer. yeah okay uh what are we doing next week oh what are we doing next week (laughs) it's me yes yeah it is um so I hope you're holding on to your uh, to to your chair, Jomo, because you're about to fall off. Um, so, from Sheffield in Yorkshire, I was thinking, bring me the horizon. Okay. Nice. A band okay. that I like. Um, so, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna post um, obviously the albums that we're gonna cover, um, and kind of like Shine Down. You you're gonna definitely tell how they've changed their music throughout the years. Okay. Let me just tell you that. Okay. But there we okay. go. All right. Well, that was some hot penis. Thank you very much. Mm. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. Have a great week. <laughs>